First, a word from our sponsor. Ever get those little kicks in the middle of the night? That doggone incessant insomnia that just won't leave you alone? Ever been lying in your bed at 3 a.m. in the morning like you've been injected with caffeine, thinking about that presentation or that person you have to confront at work? Just can't get to bed? Well, you're in luck, my friends. You're in doggone luck. Introducing Barbiturate Bubbles. Barbiturate Bubbles are the homegrown, natural way of getting a good night's rest. Simply take off that wrapper, place one barbiturate bubble in your mouth, and chew, chew, chew away, letting that sweet, sweet sedative into your system. When you're starting to feel tired, spit the gum out into the nearest trash receptacle and nod off into dreamland. It's that easy. Barbiturate Bubbles. Fast chews, fast snooze. And now, the Journal of Simon Pride. August 16th, 2015. Something weird happened last night. Penelope, Harold, and I are badly shaken up about it. Let me fill you in, dear journal. Let me enlighten you. Bobby Rath came by the house again. He didn't take anything, thank God, but he was doing some stalking. Skulking. Bad man is he, this Bobby Rath. Going to hell in handbasket, indeed, is he, this Bobby Rath of ours. Creepy, crawly thing with the Donald Trump mask. He hides his face with it every time he pays a visit to our house. As if we didn't know who it actually was. We see you, Bobby, my sister Penelope will cry out in frustration from the upstairs window. We know who you are. You're not fooling us. Harold is calling the cops right now. Is that what you want, Bobby? Bobby Rath just shrugs his shoulders and walks over to our garden, picking sprouts and vegetables at random. The police hate it. We hate it. This charade. But Bobby likes it. He gets off on it. And just last night, August 15th, there he is again. Donnie Trump with a flashlight, inspecting the carrots in the garden and banging rocks against the side of the house, looking in random windows and shining the light inside, making things known, bringing us out of our rabbit holes. Come out, come out, and play. Let's play hide-and-go-seek. He doesn't say this out loud, but these are the kinds of thoughts I would assume run through his head when he's stalking, rooting around. My brother-in-law, Harold, called the police. All part of the routine, isn't it? Bobby was getting ready to run away before the cops showed up, as he normally does. Except this time, he pulled a revolver on us and started firing. He had been hiding the revolver in a jacket pocket. 
the bastard had a surprisingly good aim, considering he was wearing a mask, and he narrowly grazed my sister's ear after the bullet had shattered the window pane. The three of us dropped to the floor as Bobby Rath sprayed lead. When he was empty, he turned and ran tail back into the park behind our house. I am lion, hear me roar. I am Tarzan, king of jungle. I am mad dog, fear me. Harold did the talking when the police arrived. Mr. Big Man on Campus, Mr. Tell All. Extra, extra, read all about it. Wife of mine nearly gets shot to death by crazy stalker. Headline news, get it while it's hot. I saw the whole thing, officer. Hands proudly on hips, eyebrow line furrowed in consternation while explaining the worrisome, dramatic tale. My sister Penelope sat in the living room, plush red corner chair, and I brewed some tea and offered it to her. Take this, I said softly. It'll calm you down. Which makes absolutely no sense, because the tea has caffeine. I guess it's the thought that counts? Because what does a blanket and a hot caffeinated beverage really do for you when you've just been shot at? It's the thought that counts, the gesture made in charity and in love, or some shit. Tuberculosis strode into the room and jumped onto Penelope's lap. Not the disease, our dog, tuberculosis. Tuber, we call him affectionately. Great Dane, rolling like thunder in the fields and sneaking soft-footed like a thief in the house. Tuber, Tuber, Tuber. Pen cooed softly, stroking his velvety ears and feeling the protruding bones of his ribcage. Tuber. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Eyes dilating. Osis. Oh, sis. Harold barreled into the living room as if he was a great Dane himself, eyes wide and popsicle red tongue wagging. Bunch of loonies, he was saying over and over again, more to himself than to us. Loonies, a great big bunch of loonies. What did they say? My sister asked anxiously. Tuber's ears perked up. They're not doing a thing. Not one single, solitary thing. My brother-in-law exclaimed in disbelief 
furry caterpillar mustache quivering, squirming. I told them where Bobby lives. I reminded them of his history of stalking our house. The result? The verdict? No charges. We'll keep an eye on him, they told me. Can you believe it? Let us know if it happens again. What do you think of that? No charges at all. None, besides our window. They're billing him for that, at least. His grandfather owns the police department. Everyone knows that, I said. And I was right about it, too. And my sister Penelope and my brother-in-law Harold damn well knew it. I stewed about this for some time after my family went to bed, pacing back and forth in my small room. The penguin slipper shuffle. Tuberculosis sprawled on my bed, panting. I saw in my mind's eye what would have happened if my sister had died at the hands of Bobby Rath. How Harold and I would be forced to pick up the pieces. How unfair it would all be. How Bobby would only get an insignificant penalty for manslaughter. Bobby almost ruined our lives that night. He ruined the window of our house, anyways. He was consistently ruining our peace of mind with his sneaky little stalking, his perverted little meanderings in the bushes and the gardens. And he was always getting away with it. Not tonight, I told myself firmly. Boots and jacket on, flashlight equipped. Hoorah! I'm going to fucking do something about it. I knew his address already. 1240 Cedarwood Avenue. Lives alone with four cats. House given by daddy from board. Dresses up dolls and pretends that they're real boys. Croons to Bing Crosby while wearing lipstick and bra. Wouldn't put any of this past him. It took me a good 40 minutes to walk around the park and reach his home in the cul-de-sac. My family and I didn't stalk Bobby like he did to us, but we knew where he lived. We knew what his house looked like. I scurried up to his front door and rang the bell. Hearing footsteps approaching the entryway, I made for the bushes and crouched down, real nice and low. Time to do some stalking of my own. There he was, standing in all his boring evening glory. No Trump mask, no rocks, plain Jane pasty face, thin-rimmed glasses 
holding bowl of snack mix. Sound of television on in background. Netflix documentary. Hello, he called out, and I will never, ever forget it. No fear in his voice whatsoever. No fear. None. He knew the drop was coming, but he was ready for it. It was as simple as opening a jar of jam or bidding the morning, hello, how are you today, to the neighbors on the way to the car. It was just one of those things to be approached with, could it be, apathy. Bobby stood there in the glum blue light of the doorway for a time, me crouching in the bushes and wondering if I would really go through with it. Did I have the cojones? Or was I just all talk and no walk? All practice and no game? Bobby dropped his head and made to shut the door. Could it be dejectedly? And I knew in my broiling guts that it was the time to pounce. I jumped from the dark bushes and sprinted to the door before he could fully close it. I pummeled him to the ground, plastered him to the oriental rug lining his entryway. I grabbed a nearby vase full of flowers, smashed it all over his head, and continued the assault. And that's when I spotted the knife collection in the nearby kitchen near the island. So what you gonna do now, fam? So what you gonna do? You all practice and no game? You gonna get in there, fam? You gonna get in there? Or am I gonna have to hold your feet to my fire? Tick talk. Tick talk. Hick o re. Dick o re. Doc. The mouse ran up the clock. So what's it gonna be, fam? So what's it gonna be? I returned to our house in Iowa at 3.30 in the morning. Penn was downstairs to greet me. Well, she asked, eyes bulging like lemons. I tipped my head back and smiled with every one of my ivory teeth. Bobby Wrath ain't gonna be a problem for us no more. Stay tuned for Simon Pride's next journal entry, August 29th, 2015, coming soon.